Ido, I have a question before we launch into the whole list of questions, and it is about where you're actually from. So you're an actor in Indonesia, but are you Malaysian or Indonesian or are you mixed? So I'm Malaysian. Uh, currently, I'm based in actually both in KL and Jakarta. But uh, the last five years, I've been based more in Jakarta. All right. right. Have you, like... I don't watch much local dramas and whatnot. Do you, have you been in? Uh, have you been doing this for a long time? Yeah. So I started my performing arts experience when I was nine years old. Wow. What? Uh, I was part of Tunas Braya. It's a children's cultural uh, cultural troupe under the Ministry of Culture, Arts and Tourism. So I've been doing a lot of uh, theater. Actually, my background is theater. So I've been doing theater, children's theater. Uh, my first film when I was twelve years old. So I've been doing. TV, theater, and film uh, for the past 26 years of my life. Wow. Wait, let me count. How old is he then? <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So, so how, why Jakarta though? Why, why make the moves over to Indonesia? So five years ago, I met my wife, who's an Indonesian actress. We were doing a film together here in Malaysia. So a year after we finished shooting, uh, we started dating and uh, I married her a few months after that. So now I'm based in Jakarta. Did you really wait until the movie was finished before you started dating or did yes, it kind of start happening? Professional. Sure you would, Edel, sure. <laughs> okay, just, just asking, you know, co-hosts, yeah, have that wrap. Um, okay, so was it? No, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Well, no. I I don't know. Anyway, okay, that was a lie. Um, all right, so uh, you know, when you sort of up sticks and sort of move there properly, as opposed to just bouncing in and out for work, um, how was what was that like? Did, was it easy to just leave Malaysia? How did you find living in Jakarta? Uh, well, at first, there's a lot of uh, adapting the language. Um, and then the working ethic is very different in in Indonesia. As what do you mean? To uh, I don't know. It, it just feel that uh, island they, mentality. They, or they're more disciplined. They treat you better there. <laughs> really? Yeah, they understand. Uh, you know, the work as an artist. They appreciate your work better there. I feel, and they give you space to 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 explore. And uh, of course, they uh, they have more people when it comes to production, right? So right. things get uh, work faster. Oh, I mean, I've been doing a few productions, uh, film productions in Indonesia. I've, I've been in three films, Indonesian films already. Uh, it's almost the same in terms of like uh, uh, timeline and whatnot. But just I feel there's a slight difference in terms. Of, of course, and they're the they're being Indonesia, they're. You know, they're, they're rooted to their culture. I mean, they're older nation as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, getting into it, I mean, we speak Malay. Speaking Indonesian is a whole other ball game, right? Yeah, dude. It's tough because you only have... You, you, your reference is Basa Malaysian and English, mm. right? So you always change between your Basa Malaysian and Basa Indonesia. So I always get mixed up at first between my Malay and my Indonesian. Where else, if you see uh, an expat in, in, in Indonesia, they only have, like, say, an English person who will have an English as their point of reference. So it's quite it's easier for them yep. to translate to Indonesia. So it's easier for them to pick up the language as compared to us Malaysian because we still have the Basin Malaysia at the back of my mind, our mind, right? Right. So it's very, it's sometimes I get mixed up. But they, they totally understand because I'm at first Malaysian trying to speak Indonesia. But I, I think I'm doing quite well already being there for four years. 
That's really cool. Actually, I, you know, I don't know whether you did this, but I remember um, having to be in, in France for a while and I was, I was working there and I don't have French, right? But I was trying to do pigeon French, but whenever I couldn't find the word, I would throw in uh, a Malay word and they'd be like looking at me <laughs> and I'd be like going, what's a foreign word? Why don't you understand? Yeah. Like somehow my brain scrambled that if I'm saying a foreign word, you must understand it because it's not English. Yeah. There's always a laugh. What is that? Tandas. You don't know what tandas is. Poisson la. But you were supposed to do a shoot in Singapore as well. Yeah. So everything was going fine and dandy up to like March 2020. I would just finish shooting a film in Indonesia, just finish doing a stage play in Indonesia. And I was about to travel to Singapore when they announced the lockdown. Right. Month, right. So at the time, I was supposed to, I mean, I came back to KL before going to Singapore. So I was already in KL on the 17th of March. So I flew down to KL on the 17th of March. Right. Oh, wow. And the happened on the 18th of March. Mm, yeah, yeah, correct. And then everything just stopped. Everything just, yeah, not, yeah. So basically, we were on lockdown. My wife is back in Jakarta while I was in KL with my mom. And my other siblings. So I was stuck in KL for two months when at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. So was it a shock to you? Or when like, wow, I didn't, I didn't pack enough clothes or something, you know? <laughs> it was just, I think, because it was unexpected and we didn't know what to do. Uh, and we did, it was very uncertain, you know? Yeah, I guess for everyone, especially in the arts, uh, because we are non-essential, technically. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are essential because when you're in lockdown, what do you do? You watch, you watch TV. TV. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yes. Listen to music, right? You yeah. go yeah. to radio. So we are actually non-essential essential. Yeah. Mm. And people should recognize and know that. Correct. <laughs> That's, That's very, very true. true. Yeah, like so did, did lockdown happen? Did the MCO happen um, on your wife's side, you know, in Jakarta, the same time as you? Or, oh. or I just wonder what the timeline was like for that. They were, uh, it was about the same time. Uh, but they, I think they started their lockdown a week or two after we started in Malaysia. Right. Mm. And then after that, if I'm not mistaken, Singapore had their circuit breaker. So just yeah. one after another, you couldn't go to Singapore to work. You couldn't go back to Jakarta to be with your wife. And then just two right. months off. So mm. how, how? I mean, like, what do you do when that, when that happens? Because for us, yeah. when it happened, we're all based here. Just stay at home now, right? But you, you have lives everywhere. So how mm. do you do that? So the first week of the MCO, well, like most of us were staying at home because we were uncertain of what to do. So uh, we started doing silly videos. We started uh, <laughs> doing TikTok videos, stuff like that. You know, I guess if, at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone became a chef. Everyone started, <laughs> yeah. doing, everyone started doing a blog, a blog, you know. Uh, I guess people are just trying to uh, be active by staying home, mm. right? Uh, and I, I did that myself. Like I, I started cooking because cooking was not my thing. I like to eat, but I started cooking, uh, you know, looking at all these viral videos on YouTube and trying to do it at home. Uh, and then uh, while we were thinking of ways of how do we still be active in the arts, uh, but to, to go online. So we were trying to explore a lot of uh, things online, basically. Like I have an improv uh, comedy group in KL, which is I Improv. Uh, we've been doing improv for the past 10 years and we're thinking maybe we should just go online since everyone's going online. So we managed to do a couple of shows online on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's a different experience, of course, but it, had, it, kept, it kept us 
occupied. Yeah. 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 And, and we had to do it. So I, and I also did a few theater shows actually online with uh, Instant Cafe Theater mm-hmm. uh, and also Causeway, uh, which is part of Eka Matra Theater in Singapore. So we double into online performance during the, the, the pandemic. But did you get paid to do all that now? Not a lot, <laughs> not a lot, but they were paying audience, especially for the live theater performances, mm-hmm. but it's not enough to get by. So I, we, I had to think of something else to do. So by the third, uh, going to the third month of the MCO in KL, I decided to fly back to Jakarta uh, because I still have my, my spouse visa and my working visa. So I managed to go back to Jakarta, quarantine myself for 14 days mm-hmm. and just to be with my wife and to think of you know what sh- what should we do right? right yeah so that's how manchichui started actually my cooking well, business started. before we get to that though i'm just curious because obviously to different degrees for everybody um what covid's done is it's caused uh, a massive separation right mm-hmm. um you know some people are in the same town and, and can't really see their family or they can just pop over it maybe it doesn't feel as far as those who are sort of in different countries who can't go and visit mm, it's it's, mm. it's a very weird thing to kind of go oh you know my sister's giving birth i'm supposed to be the you know confinement sister yeah. here and then i i literally cannot get on a plane there's no flights going out it's a weird thing right um and you of course had your wife over there and you know when you're it's in a relationship and you love somebody that must be so tough because you're worrying about them if they're safe if they're okay and then you, you said you're with your mom over here and obviously she's in an age bracket where it makes her more vulnerable so how did the sort of separation and distance affect you? Uh, we were, I mean, thank God right now for technology, right? You have FaceTime, you can still video call, but it's, it's tough at the beginning because, I mean, being uh, having a, a partner in Indonesia before the pandemic, it was okay. I mean, we kind of used to long-distance relationship even when we were dating, but back then, I can always jump on a flight and travel to Indonesia every weekend, right? Yeah. And this happening, okay, the first two months, I thought, okay, this is fine because we've been apart for like two months because of work. But then, now that it's gone beyond three months, it's, it's tough because of my responsibility, one, as a son <laughs> to my mother, mm. who's also who's in the, the age bracket where mm. you need to really take care of them, right? So uh, I'm basically in the middle. I'm just trying to balance things out. But I know... There are other people who are in worse situation, right? So I'm actually just trying to make do with what I have right now, what I can do, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, it's it's tough, but you just have to like make sure you live your day and try and maintain, yeah. balance out everything in life. But no yeah. kids yet though, right? No kids yet. No kids right. yet. So because that would have pets. made things even oh, more pets. complicated. Lots of pets. So all my pets are in Jakarta, so I miss them a lot. Right. Oh, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Right. So, so going back to what you're saying, so after the first MCO lightened up, you managed to get home to mm-hmm. Jakarta, your mm-hmm. other home, um, and and then walk us through what happened from there. So it's the same thing. We would. I, I got back to Jakarta uh, uh, sometime in just before Raya. I think yeah, it was during the fasting month. So I managed to get back to Jakarta. Of course, I thought there was going to be something like at least some work there but nothing happened uh so we decided to i mean i decided to think of i mean i need to explore new new things explore new passion right so besides performing arts uh 
what else am I good at? So, eating. <laughs> how can I, I make money from is, eating? Right? Yeah, yeah, every Malaysian's dream question. How can I make money from eating? <laughs> yeah. So I turn to food. So it's it's basically a funny story because I was just in the room with my wife. We were looking at YouTube videos of people cooking, mm. right? And then we stumbled across uh, a chef uh, who who baked cookies. And then my wife told me, mm, "This is interesting. Why don't we try it?" By trying means I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't we try it? So the next day, I bought the ingredients, uh, start baking. That was basically the first time in my life baking cookies. I've never baked. I mean, I've baked cakes before, but like mm. bad, really bad. <laughs> I mean, it looks bad. It tastes might taste good to me, but it looks bad. But mm. then it was the first time baking, and then it turned out good. And then my wife said, "Okay, hold on, because uh, she has she has a foundation in 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 Jakarta and she runs a cafe as well. Why don't she say you supply to the cafe, right? So that's how it started. So I told her, wait a minute, let me just experiment with the ingredients for like a week or two, and then we do a trial run. If it's good, then I'll just continue it. So that's how Matichui started. Basically. Right, because she was okay. She she had a cafe running and." So yeah. she had a business, and then she was acting and stuff like this. So she had multiple yeah, things going yeah. on. Yeah, but but things stopped because she's. I mean, the the cafe opened in February 2020. So it's, oh, so we all all stuck. So we didn't know what to right. do. Yeah. The cafe. So I mean, things we were. She was turning everything online, but still we we were still figuring out how how we to go on with the business, mm. right? So yeah. So at least I had that platform uh, to push this Manchichui brand. Okay. So basically, it's all by luck. But just going through some YouTube video, hey, cookies, I've never baked before, but this is a good idea. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so so basically, it it's it started in Jakarta, not Malaysia. It started in Jakarta. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but and what... I, yeah. Sorry? What, what did you, you know, th- that week that you were literally covered in flour and butter and, cookie you know, dough. all cookie dough and all sorts of stuff, um, that manic frenzied cooking in the kitchen. What was that moment like for you where literally you were trying to figure stuff out? Like, did you even know what you should be testing for? Like, did you have a criteria for what these cookies were supposed to be like or a plan yeah or a plan even or were you just like ignore the world i'm in denial i'm making cookies i think i had a plan i think i had a plan the plan is to make sure that it came out good hmm. so okay <laughs> that was the plan so uh of course it was frenzy in the kitchen because i i am new to the kitchen as well but uh, and I had to share this, the kitchen space with my family in Jakarta, mm. right? So I need to like find time and space where I can bake. So usually I find time at night, like close to midnight, to to, to do the the mix and bake in the morning. So that's the timeline time frame where I can experiment. So right. I was always on my own at night. It's like <laughs> mad scientist style. Like <laughs> mad scientist style. So I, and then I found out that baking cookies is basically science. Right, mm. so you got to get the ingredients right. It's not as simple as you know, just so two bit rustling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not baking, right? So that's like so so. And thank God, because I actually have a degree in medical sciences. What? I have a medical science degree, so I'm basically a medical school dropout. But I then I managed to get a medical science degree. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think the science part of my brain started working. Kicked in, right? Yes. Yeah. 
thick then so i knew that okay i need this much of flour this much of like butter so just make sure that if everything goes right to the amount that i need it will turn out okay right right so i stick to that so that was kind of my form- formula but whose okay. recipes were you following in the first yeah. place in edel's re- lab the, the <laughs> early mad scientist lab whose for- whose recipes were they it was a mix of everything like i i i saw people online on youtube so i just took this and that this and that and then i had my wife to try the cookies and she would decide whether this is the best <laughs> she's a guinea pig for a woman she she yeah. was okay right i mean she didn't get hospitalized or anything no 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 no, no. Okay. Hey, but technically it was her idea you know yeah hypothetically it was yeah our idea our, our idea. idea yeah our we we yeah But so, now, uh, which recipes from those mad scientist days were still kind of around now? Uh, well, the basic basic ones are basically the basic ingredients of making a cookie, like butter, flour, uh, sugar, a bit salt, right, mm. and vanilla, and all that. So those the basic ones they're still there, but I, I, I add in a few things that I. Makes my cookies better. Right. So the original flavors, the mad scientist flavors, still survive. It's a secret survive. recipe. Yeah. The trade secret is nice. Ons thing, you know. Ons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, all right. So, what was the first sort of um, perfection for you? What was that first beautiful? You know, your first child was what? A chocolate chip cookie? A plain cookie? The chocolate chip. Cookie, the basic chocolate chip cookie. Okay. Do you actually like cookies? By the way, do you like chocolate chip I cookies? Do. I do. I I enjoy soft cookies, soft chewy cookies. So that's why my cookies are soft chewy cookies. Right. Why soft? What you got teeth issues or something? Or <laughs> like no, I just enjoy it more compared to the crispy ones. Right, because they're gooey. Well. You like to eat them as opposed to like crispy biscuits, like English biscuits are. You know, you sort of bite and they kind of crumble and stuff, right? Yeah. So it's a different oral experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Different oral, different oral experience. Oh damn! Making it sound How, so terrible. Like when you told. So obviously, this is from this happened in Jakarta, and then yeah. you you're, you're baking right now. Did your family in Malaysia wonder what you were doing? Yeah, they were wondering, hey, why are you spending a lot of time in the kitchen? <laughs> you know, every time I video call my mom, you know, and yeah. I, I tell them, well, I got to do what I got to do, right, right now. So I guess this is my new passion. Right. Wow. And they, they, they understand because they know I like to eat. And my family <laughs> likes to eat, like to go out and enjoy food. So right. they say, okay, go ahead. I mean, try it. If it works, then it's something that you maybe you can continue. Okay, so so you're mucking. You have this idea of bed watching, you know, videos with your wife, and that's it. You're chained to the um, oven for the next week, covered mm-hmm. in flour. Mm-hmm. How did you go from Edel the actor <laughs> dabbling in? Oh, can I make a cookie? To Edel the businessman who was going to be setting up his cookie empire. Like, what happened after that first week? How did you go from there? Uh, of well, I at, at the, the first week when I started the business in Jakarta, of course, uh, I was still thinking, oh, is this some is this something long term that I, I want to do, or is this something that you know on the side, right? Even until today, I'm thinking about that, you know, because my first love, my first passion is acting, the stage, definitely. 
So maybe because I'm not getting a lot of love from uh, from acting, maybe I go to my mistress lah, which is the cook. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> okay, but did you yeah. know in like just playing around with the cookie uh, mm. at a point that oh, I this can be a business. At at which point did you start to really mm. know? Then people started buying and ordering in Jakarta. So of course we I had uh, I I supply the cookies at the cafe mm. and my margins very small uh, because it's the margins is just because it's your wife's uh, shop and you can't charge, get profit from it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sayang only like yeah. love profit, yes. Love <laughs> no profit. Yeah, so and then I I'm started getting like orders from people outside my circle, outside my family circle, outside my friends circle. So I was like okay, there there's an interest here. There, there could be a big business here. Mm. But then I realized that in Jakarta, my network is still very small, right? I knew I had a bigger network in KL, and I and then after four months of being in in Jakarta, I told my wife, okay, I'm going to go back to KL visit my mum, uh, to see her. And then uh, at the time, remember we we had the MCO and then the CMC. Which one was this? At that, roughly. August, August. You know, I think it was RMCO at that particular time. RMCO, right? Yeah, yeah. RMCO. So, and then I said, okay, and then people start calling me. Say, Idil, okay, we're going to start production again. So there might be a few roles for you. Say, oh, okay, that's great. I will go back to KL, maybe work for a few months, and come back to Jakarta. That was the plan. Mm. So I told my wife, okay, I'm going to stop Manchishui, go back, start doing acting again, uh, and then see how it goes. Right. So I. Came back to KL at the end of uh, August. Did my mandatory quarantine, which I paid. Being a wow, okay, right. So went through the 14 days quarantine. Yes. And at that time, people would start calling me up and say, "Idi, okay, there's a production here. After this, uh, after you're done with quarantine, we're going to start shooting." I said, "Okay, yes, let's do it." Yeah. Right. And then after 14 days of being in the quarantine, I got out. People start calling back. Idi, uh, actually, this project postponed. Oh my god. This oh, project canceled. Yeah. So I was back to square one. A lot of things. A lot of things happened, right? I mean, yeah. at that time, I mean, similar things happened. Like you had all these potential jobs, and then we got canceled. Yeah, it happened to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you just on that point, because like the first time round, everyone's in the same sort of boat, and it's a bit of a shock. So everyone's kind of, it takes time to process, and perhaps the loss of frustration wasn't as acute in terms of how it was felt. But the second time that it happened, after you kind of felt okay, we're finally getting somewhere, I'm finally getting back. Was that shut down of everything, all the work cancelling, the same level of, of frustration for you, or was it worse? Like, h- how did it happen for you second time around? I think it was worse at first. Uh, I was a bit, uh, you know, frustrated one, of course, disappointed, and also a bit jaded as well. You know, people thinking that the you know performing arts is not essential. Mm. And realizing that after 26 years of doing it, like it's still the same here in Malaysia. You know, you don't have proper union. You don't have you know SOPs in terms of work. Right? Well, right? so yeah. I thought, fine, no one cares about performing arts in Malaysia. I guess. I, I mean, I, I'm still very hopeful that it will return to normalcy. But I guess we have to adapt to the new normal. Yeah, because I bet you the second time around, oh no, not again, not yeah. again, right? And then, and then, and then I realized that with the pand- pandemic, this is going to happen again and again, right? Mm. And yeah. things will open up, and then things will shut down again. Things will open up, and things will shut down again. So, a state of uncertainty is tough mm. for a lot of people because right. you don't have the security in terms of like you know life and financial, yeah, right? Yeah, so. I got to think of something else. I got to. I cannot just stay home, right? I cannot just hashtag stay home. I got to hashtag stay home and do something about my life. Yeah. That's the hashtag. 
I'm I'm curious to know whether or not at any point during the sort of all the ups and downs and sort of harebrained schemes of how you're going to you know support yourself and your family that you ever considered using your medical degree to sort of go back somehow to to work in the front line or in you know at all uh, to be honest n- not really <laughs> no it's fine no no yeah. one's judging you i was yeah, just no. curious yeah yeah absolutely because, uh, i think i left it like already like seven years ago uh of course right now also like i'm going to the hospital every other week because my mom has a hospital appointment as well so right. i'm kind of like applying my medical knowledge in that sense right you know? since I got back uh, studying medical sciences so uh, but going back full time work at it like, compared to me you right. know? so you so you've been now away from your wife for what six months almost six months yes yeah yeah, Gosh, yeah. that's nuts yeah um, was she helping you do the cookies in Jakarta testing alright alright um How's obviously that's 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 harder than in, in the, the sort of two months. Um, is she finding it nice not having you around? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Um, how how are you guys dealing with that? Uh, I think we when we got together we kind of have the un- this understanding that you know uh, things will be like this. And the fact that I married another actor and she knows the fact that uh, this is kind of life that we're gonna you know live. For the rest of our lives, right? Mm. So, being away from each other because of production. So, and she's very independent in that sense, and she's got her own thing going on in Jakarta. So, mm. I'm not really worried about her um, surviving. Of course, there are times where we you know where we miss each other when we call, but uh, things are things are okay between us right now. Mm. Like she she understands I need to be my mum, and I've got this business that I want to grow in, in Malaysia, and she knows the potential. Once if if it's if it, there's a potential growth in Malaysia, then once I bring it back to Jakarta, then it could be something big as well mm. in Jakarta. Plus, she's got her foundation to run and she's dealing with a lot of people as well. So, we kind of keep ourselves very active in that sense. Busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So, have you guys um, made any plans about where you would go with her to kind of have a getaway together uh, once flights open up and the world gets safer? Have you planned a sort of second round honeymoonish sort of escape well we know we are going somewhere but we don't know where yet or when well when when <laughs> when nobody knows yeah, nobody right knows. but it's just that <laughs> idea of like planning that sort of like when everything's sort of gotten to a stage where we can move where shall we go and just yeah. enjoy ourselves where yeah. would you like to we i mean we, we we like to dive so diving is a thing that we definitely want to do after mm. this pandemic or when we can travel um, we just like to explore new places, uh, like especially in Indonesia. Indonesia is so huge. I mean, there are places that even she has never been to, mm. and those are places that we. And it probably it will probably be easier to travel within the region at the moment. So we're not really thinking really far, but we're just thinking like maybe just in the region first. You know, yeah, diving definitely, climbing also because we love climbing. Mm. Uh, yep, those those kind of things. Yes. So what what for you um obviously lots of challenges um but for you what has been the most important or impactful learning about about yourself mm-hmm. right that perhaps you didn't recognize before um let's start there the pandemic really pushes you to to your limit 
in the sense that, okay, you're familiar with this, right? So now that you're stuck, we say you're acting and you know it's not going anywhere yet. So you're going to figure out something else. Like my wife, when she when the pandemic started, she didn't know that she's going to have a cafe. Now she runs a cafe and a, and a foundation. And for myself, now I'm a baker. So that's the learning thing, learning curve for me. Like, you know, and this could have been done 10 years ago, five years ago, right? To discover new things. It's just a matter of the push. So with all this uh, uncertainty, adversity, it will, always pu- it will push the human limit to something else, to try new things, to finding new passion in life. So that's definitely the biggest impact of this uh, pandemic for me. And, and what has been a learning for you about sort of others? you know, in, in, in sort of interactions of how others have dealt with it or perhaps others with your business? Mm, uh, like, for, uh, just just looking at my, my circle of friends, like, the experience dealing with the pandemic is very different. So, you need to be very sensitive about it. You know, not everyone is in a good place, right? Mm. Uh, mental issues, things like that. Mm. It's real, guys. I mean, and then you, one day you'll see your friend smiling, the next day you can't even... They're unreachable. Yeah. Uh, so things like that is something that is, has been the highlight of this pandemic as well. So you really need to spend time, take care of your family and friends, you know, just say hi to them, you know, at mm. least uh, that's something very important that I learned. Mm. Is that something you went through? I mean, did you talk to a lot of other actor friends who are not yeah, in man, a good like, place? Yeah, like, I man, not, not just actor friends, like people that I make friends during shoot, like the production crew. Like mm. Those are people who are in the worst possible scenario mm-hmm. compared to like you know uh, actors or you know and like my friends who are sessionists musicians they, they're out of job technically because there is no live performances at all so yeah. you need to reach out to them and then find new things you know like right now is the time that you collaborate you know like uh, during the pandemic I remember during the first time so I did like uh, as I mentioned earlier I did a theater production with Singapore. So that's one way of doing things, you know, within the region. It's, it's, it's funny that, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of in your own space, but at the same time, it, it allows you to explore this new platform where you can reach out to a global sphere in the sense that, you know, you can reach out to friends in Singapore, come and do something with us, right? When I did mm-hmm. the theater with Instant Cafe Theater, we got audiences from America who watched the show. Like normally during a show in KL, you only get like 250 people watching your play and then they are all your friends, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only your friends come and watch your shows in Malaysia. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right? And only people, your friends listen to your shows. So, <laughs> so that's how I feel like you need to find the positive side of things. Mm. Even during the pandemic, you know, what can we do? Uh, what can we explore? Right? We can get, get a rich, bigger audience. So that's, and maybe hold on to that and explore that idea and experiment yeah. with it. Did you have to go through the hell of having someone you love or who's close to you um, sick with COVID or even losing them? At first, um, losing, no. But I know some people who are within my circle, friends who had to go through, uh, who were positive and had to go through that ordeal, basically, you know. Mm. Uh, being in ICU and all that it's scary uh, you know when in the first during the first episode you say okay you don't hear anyone around you getting positive and go to the hospital and then yeah. uh, right now and it's during the second episode you're like wait 
I'm category B already. I met someone who's positive. So I think that's true. Mm. The six yeah. degrees of separation yeah. sort of narrowed before it was some arbitrary number somewhere else. And then suddenly it's like there's only one person between you and yeah. somebody else or someone you actually know. Yeah. So you automatically become, uh, you know, more alert in, mm. in that sense. You know, like once you're category B, okay, you got to go test. Once you're category C, okay, I got to quarantine at home. So I guess there's a new normal for all of us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's scary though. It's really mm. it's scary, but uh, it is what it is. That is the reality. Yeah. That's okay. the reality. So, so let's grill you a little bit on your on your munchy chewies. Okay, so you get back here and everything falls apart. Everything stops, and you decide, okay, now is the time to resurrect munchy chewy and KL, right? So, yes. at this point, you have chocolate chip. Is that your only offer at this point? No, at, the, uh, at that point, I had chocolate. I had already had three flavors, basically. Oh, my okay. Chocolate chip, my white chocolate, mm-hmm. and my chewy oatmeal raisin. So mm. I've got that three. Okay. Trinity. Oh. Three classics. Chip. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> three classics. classics. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then now you've got your mini salties, yep. which. Yep. I'm, you know, that I love salt, so it's salt and sweet. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to be ordering some of those um, to try out. Uh, I'm, I'm a big critic, so you know. Don't expect five stars. No, I'm <laughs> oh, wow. joking. <laughs> um, uh, no, but so are you thinking of um, expanding flavors or do you think, okay, this is working right now because it's classics and I'm, it's not so much of a risk to, to sort of sell? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've, I've tried expanding. I'm actually still in research and development for new flavors. Mm. But just the fact that uh, since October, I've been getting... Um, orders almost every day so I, didn't, I don't really have time to really explore that but definitely I want to like for mm. festive seasons right maybe come up with like a special Raya thing or special Chinese New Year flavor limited editions limited editions right? I tell you so, what like I'm going to give you some advice here like Kaya biscuits would be amazing look Kaya biscuits Kaya yeah. biscuits yeah like you know like that when you go to that coffee shop you know the toast and then the butter and then the Kaya oh wow. like if you could turn yeah. that into a biscuit wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. That's you're you're great. welcome for that name idea. That, name that <laughs> the, the Asha. Yeah, name that the Asha. <laughs> but you know what else goes really well with cookies, though? No, like You know what I love? Two cookies. Sandwich. Ice, ice cream in the middle. Ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh. definitely. So those are the things that I put on my Instagram in the sense that okay, once you have a cookie, I, I do like Edil's cookie tip. Yeah. So I right. put that as well. So I do like, okay, how to enjoy your cookie, how to store your cookie. So besides just selling my cookies, I give them like some, you know, uh, information about cookies, some knowledge about cookies as well. So it's not just about making it, it's just how to enjoy it. You know what you should do? You should actually sell ice cream potong rounds to go with the cookies. Mm-hmm. So you can buy the cookies, oh, but wow. then you could find the rounds of the ice cream. Dude, we need to talk, She's man. Got tons of ideas, yeah. man. But you know, now that you are serious about this being a business, Mm-hmm. Do you do competitor analysis? Do you like buy other people's cookies? Because every, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. everyone's into food right now mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Have mm-hmm. you been testing other people's and see maybe mm, maybe I should do this and be more experimental? Uh, stuff? Ikan bilis cookie or something. I don't know. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. I've, I've tried other cookies, especially in the cafes, uh, but I've not really do like a analysis like SWOT analysis strength. I think analysis. you should. I think you should get a clipboard yeah. and you yeah. should basically order and then you know you should spend yeah. the week that you spent developing. You you should spend tasting yeah. and asking yeah. your whole family and blind tasting. So, you know, 
If you need someone to help you, yeah, I was going to say we'll <laughs> we'll help you with that. We're right there, dude. <laughs> the, the Light FM program. Yeah, <laughs> after work every day. <laughs> <laughs> We're there, man. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, okay, so so what I'd like to know is, you know, when it's possible to start working again and everything's in place. You mean acting? Acting, right? Acting, theatre, yeah, yeah any kind of performance. I mean, things in place for you that you can actually continue working in your old job. <laughs> will you, instead of shutting down once you, um, like the last time, will you just keep it going on? I think I'll keep it going on because mm. right now it's a good thing for me. So, uh, part of my expansion program, expansion plan, is <laughs> the fact that He's got hopefully one day I get someone to run this business. In a sense, I got right. someone to master the recipe so at least i can just supervise that's a that's a that's ideal for me that's uh, ideal for ideal ideal for ideal <laughs> yeah ideally i want that to happen but right now it's just a one-man show uh hopefully by then um in, i can accept well, we've got, oh, right right now i'm already supplying to a few cat, uh, shops and cafes in kl already in my cookies so mm. i know there's a market there it's just a matter of like maybe a co-sharing kitchen space to yeah. operate right now because uh, renting a shop is not a good idea mm. uh, especially with the business size that I'm, uh, I have so anyone with small factories or, or co-working factory spaces who have like baking machiney things get in touch with us I've heard of these co-working kitchen kitchens, kitchens. Yeah. these days there are, right? yeah. there are already a few in KL yeah, mm. yeah and yeah, you know one in so. section 17 in PJ that's actually doing something that it's yep. a co-working one in Ampang as well right yeah. right Okay, that's good. Now the thing is, though, would if if this gets really big, this mm-hmm. cookie thing, mm-hmm. are you gonna let go of acting? Ooh, that's Actually, tough. he that's shouldn't. Tough if it gets, if it, this is just me, again, if it took off and he minted it and made loads of cash, right? What he could do is fund his own movies and then, like you know, uh, decide what he wants to do. And everything. and in the movies, product placement, everybody's oh, eating cookies yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a Manchichui production. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Manchichui Productions. There you go. Yeah, Symbiosis across all brands. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> that'd word. be great. FMB and... But uh, we're glad things are going relatively well. But there's a reason why you got in touch with us for Free Puck Friday because you obviously want to grow the yeah. brand. And we're here to help you do that. Exactly. Mm. So we do this for everyone who gets in touch with us for Free Puck Friday <laughs> because times are tough and... Yes, you have enough money to get the products out and make some money, but then advertising is expensive. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, Asha and I have um, come up with a commercial, and ad A jingle for you. For you a yes. jingle. And uh, <laughs> we hope you like it. Are you ready to hear this? Yes. Let's do it, guys. Okay, here we go. Brittle teeth? Granny got dentures? Teeth sensitive enough to curl your nose hairs, but still craving some Beckys with your tea? Then what you need is munchy, chewy cookies. That's right, they're soft, gooey, and of course, munchy. Have a go at some choco chip, white chalk, oatmeal raisins, or the cheeky mini sea salt choco chips. But where can I get them? Just slide them a DM on their Instagram page at munchy, chewy. Munchy, chewy, soft cookies. So remember, MCO, munchy, chewy owns. Oh, googie, googie, googies, that's for me. <laughs> that's amazing, guys. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's awesome. That's really awesome. We're actually going to send you this ad and can put it oh. on your Instagram and everything. Dude, okay. seriously, this cool. is yours to use. I mean, Thank your you. very own commercial for Monday. <laughs> yeah. 
really appreciate it, guys. Seriously, thank you. We had a lot of fun doing that. This is an epic thing. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? We are going to go on to your Instagram page. We are going to slide in their DMs and we will be buying. Absolutely. And buying for our friends too. So yeah, thank you. Thank good you luck. The best of luck. And I just hope that this just blows up for you and you just become the king of cookies in Indonesia, Singapore and Malaysia. Good luck, my thank friend. Thank you very much, guys.